Hello, everyone. I'm Christopher, and I use Zem and he, him pronouns. And I'm Jira. I use they, them. And I'm JQ. You can use she, her pronouns for me. And today we're talking all about queer media and represent rep representation. See, I suck. See, look what just happened. For a second time. Um, last week, and for... I'll probably insert b-roll from our mishap and we can make new merch about it <laughs> christopher sucks that's the <laughs> merch. uh the last 10 minutes have been spent fixing te technical difficulties uh that are inevitably somehow cosmically my fault so i apologize to everybody um but last week we talked about hentified the walking dead skyrim sims 4 harry potter euphoria and the last of us but in that conversation, we realized, oh my god, there's so much to talk about and so many examples that we've decided to have an episode two. So, who wants to go first? We've got categories of good, bad, complicated, and our favorite headcanons also. Um, so, whoever is most passionate, you can go first, JQ or Judah. Um, so, I've been bidding that 70s show for a bit now uh because it's okay as a sitcom um it's very heterosexual that's fine no big deal um but there was an episode that featured a gay character Sorry. i was gonna say i'm like i didn't know there were any gay we're, people we're in the 70s start show with the bad because i i need to get this off my chest <laughs> i was like so like oh my god um keep in mind the show was written in the 2000s Unfortunately, the 2000s were not the best or the kindest um, to queer people. But in this episode, uh, Eric makes friends with somebody in his chemistry class who's asking him for the answers and, and all that. And there's this montage of them doing all these things together, like they're friends, and then they're in the car together. And they're just like chilling there, like talking. And then the friend leans in for a kiss. And Eric is like, no, 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 I'm not gay. And it's, like, played for laughs. Uh-huh. And I just think, like, what is going... Like, it, was, it was such, like, a weird whiplash, um, mostly because it was not necessary, in my to opinion. To have his friend think that he's interested in him yeah, and, like, a weird, like, awkward was, kiss scene. It was, scene. like, a weird, awkward kiss scene that was even made more awkward because the joke is literally, like, he's gay. Like, that was, like, the running joke of the entire episode. Which, knee slapper. Yeah. Knee total, slapper. total knee slapper. Um, and, like, I don't know. I think we've moved beyond he's gay is, like, a punchline. Have we? When, was, we when did that show come out? It came out in, like, 2005? the 2000s. 2005. 2005. Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, too, the setting is, like, the 1970s. Yeah. Um... But still, you didn't have still, to include it. Yeah, Especially if it's only to. in, like, is he a recurring character? No, or he's not. just You never see him again. Whoa, they, just, <laughs> they really went, we will have a gay episode. It will be the worst. <laughs> it will be, we'll have a single gay episode yeah. and a single gay character, and that will set us well, up forever. And I only mentioned that 70s show because Netflix just came out with a spinoff series. Oh, that, that 90s, 90s show, yeah. And I'm pissed that none of the characters, well, there's one character who's gay on that show, and they don't actually play it for laughs. They actually do a really nice, nice coming out scene with his character. Um, sorry, spoilers. Oops. Um, <laughs> they do a really nice, you know, coming out scene with this character. It's not so bad. I think it's the writers trying to redeem themselves Aww. from the 2000s. But there's another character that I'm kind of upset isn't gay. 
I was like kind of disappointed. Interesting. I get disappointed now. I'm just like, aw. Aww. Did it feel like they were going to be, or that there was like yeah, a chemistry really with another like, character? Yeah, like he has really good chemistry. So the main character is Eric's daughter. I can't remember her name. Oh, it's like it's like the iCarly yeah. thing where they're aged up. Yeah. No. Well, it's so they're the parents are aged up, right? Mm-hmm. Like the characters, the original characters, all aged up, with the exception of Hyde, because his actor is like in, um, in trial right now with a whole lot of like. It's like a Jehovah Witness. It's like whole oh, thing. Geez. Okay. It is like that's like another like rabbit hole. Um, so his actor is not in is not going to be coming back to this night. I think everyone else is except for him, because he's in uh he's in like he's going through this court case right now. Um. All that said, there's another character in that show who I think is implied to be his daughter. Um, but I can't really make any assumptions there. And I really thought that Eric's daughter and who I think is Hyde's daughter was going to hit it off and be two queer characters. They're not. Tragic. I was like, this is... and they, They're making her have chemistry with... Uh, I can't remember his name either. Ashton Kutcher's character <laughs> has a son... Oh, I'm like, Ashton Kutcher, isn't he, like, 50 now? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. Um, They have a son, and they're making them, like, they're pairing them together, and I was, like, really disappointed. I was like, aw. Ugh. Oh, man. Um, But, I mean, yeah, they do that nice coming out scene with one of the characters in that 90s show. Um, It's pretty simple, straightforward. It's nothing too, like... It's, I'm actually, like, really, like, happy that it didn't make it so, like, hard. A big deal. Yeah. yeah. Like, they didn't make it so, like, difficult. I feel like so many, like, in the name of art, a lot of things that contain, or a lot of media that contains queer people make coming out scenes, like, awful. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like they come out and all of a sudden, like, the world is ending. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, but it was nice to see, like, in the, in, in, uh, that 90s show that this character can come out and it's not seen as, like, a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's very, like... And this is... And I don't know if that was, like, true in the 90s. I really doubt it was. Yeah, it's probably... People. But, you know, but make it nice. nice. It's a nice thing to imagine. Yeah. That this, like, gay kid is like, hey, I'm gay. <laughs> and it's taken very, like, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. they're, like, rem- in the writer's room and they're making the sequel, they're like, okay, remember that one episode where we had him try to kiss Eric? I think we need to make up for it. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll throw the gays a little, we'll put like one good a little scene. crumb. One good scene, and then we'll make the lesbian not a lesbian. <laughs> no, because, okay, not to, like, stereotype. I think it's horrible. But I think that if you have a lot of, like, niche interests, come on. That mm, mm. <laughs> interesting. If you have a it, this just in, this is a true fact. They've actually tested this. If you have niche interests, you are gay. You are um, now gay. If you're not like other girls, it's because you're gay. It's because you're gay. And in my case, it's because I'm a man. So that happens also. Um, but yeah, that '70s show, terrible scene, but a hopeful future. Yeah, I would say. Um, an example I wanted to talk about, um, Emma, who's one of our writers, actually recommended this, and then I watched the movie, and I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, Bodies, 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 which came out last year. I won't spoil the movie or anything, because I think it's worth watching. But uh, it opens with, like, a minute-long 
makeout session between the two lesbian main characters. Okay. Have you seen it, Judah? I have not seen it. The but, only reason I heard about it was because the one of the actresses or actors. Oh, the Amanda Stanberg yeah, thing with Amanda the Stanberg oh my thing god happened, and that's the only reason I heard about this movie was because <laughs> of that whole like TikTok debacle. Yeah, there was I this. I was like, oh, for people who don't know, there was this critic I think for the New York Times who wrote um, an article about uh, said that the movie was an eighty-minute advertisement for cleavage. And the the actress Amanda Stanberg, who um, actually played Rue in the Hunger Games, I found out, yeah. um, also has very cool. She just looks so cool in the movie. She's gorgeous. But um, in she messaged this woman. I think Lena is her name, uh, and she said, "Maybe you would have enjoyed the movie if you weren't staring at my boobs the whole time." Uh, and then there was like this whole thing about how the the critic was devastated to have received this message. And I'm like, maybe you shouldn't have said that you were staring at all the characters' boobs the whole time and she wouldn't have said that. Like, this whole thing. But in the actual movie, so there's, like, I, I like, it's, so the whole the whole thing is, like, a satire on Gen Z, but, like, mm-hmm. the script was majorly influenced by all the actors who are Gen Z. Um, so it feels very accurate. It's very, like, a privileged group of, like, rich Gen Z kids. They're having a hurricane party at, like, this mansion in the middle of nowhere. They do, like, a shit ton of drugs. And, like, the main character, Sophie, who is uh, played by Amanda Stamberg, is uh, a recovering addict. So it's, like, this whole storyline of, like, being enabled and, like, there's a murder mystery and and all this stuff. And, like, is there, like, a cheating thing going on between, like, Sophie and her girlfriend, B and, like, the ex-girlfriend is there. It's, like, there's a lot going on, but... um. It never feels like weird that the two of them are gay. Like, there's the, there's the, I was unsure why they had the makeout scene because when I, oh, the movie opened, I was like, damn, this is going on for a long time. <laughs> like, this is a very long, and it was like just two people kissing and like, you know, she brings her hand down at one point and then like the movie continues on. And like, it's just like a, you know, people making out because they're in a relationship. But it's also like, why did they include this at the beginning of this horror movie? Like, what's the thematic? reason they included it um but like it was fine uh but yeah like they treat they don't treat you know the lesbian characters any differently there's a cheating scandal that's like just as dramatic as it would be if it was a straight couple and like they're everyone is a very unique brand of like obnoxious and privileged Mm -hmm. and that's why the movie is so fun um but i would say that's an example of good representation in my opinion because they're just allowed to exist and there was there's this quote by uh, Chelsea Rebecca, who's like a horror podcaster. She's like, we have made it in movies when women can make shit movies and still be allowed to make more shit like men are. Uh, and that makes me think of this movie where like these lesbians can be shit people and turn on each other <laughs> in like an emergency and they're still allowed to be lesbians. You know, it's like not a reflection on on that part of them. So, yeah, I like that movie. <laughs> It's a good one. Pete Davidson's in it. He's hilarious. Um, he is? What? He is. Yeah. Not for long, as you'll oh, find out. That's nice. But it's it's good. <laughs> I, I feel like I shouldn't be like, that's nice that he's not in it for that long. <laughs> That's nice. He's only in it for, yeah, but he's a, he's like her rich, I mean, they're all rich, but he's like her, known her, Sophie, since since they were little, and both of their parents are like old money rich. Um, so have you heard the TikTok trend of like, Jordan? Your parents are upper middle class. <laughs> Have you heard that TikTok? 
I have sound. Not. Oh my god, it's so funny. But it's like her that one of the the other queer person in the group, Jordan, who was Sophie's ex girlfriend. Uh, they were like turning on each other near the end of the movie, and she's like, "You have this whole rags to riches story about how you grew up from nothing. Your parents were upper middle class." That's and so she's real. like, "No, they're not." And then the other girl goes, "Yeah." They teach at a university. And the other girl goes, it's public. <laughs> like, it's, it's so funny. Very funny movie. Um, but anyways, yeah. JQ, do you want to oh, give one of I your figure, examples? Hmm. We've done a bad one. We've done a good one. Uh, I am going to talk about my headcanon one, <laughs> which honestly, I feel like in some ways it is so supported by the text that like, is it really a headcanon? Maybe Terry Pratchett <laughs> just didn't know the word transgender. That's right. <laughs> I'm talking about Monstrous Regiment, the Discworld book. So the general plot, because I'm assuming neither of you have read this book from, like, 2003. Super, super niche fact about me, you totally wouldn't know. I don't read books. So no. please, go on. Super niche fact about me. Um, we wrote down some examples before this that we're going to talk about, and three of mine are books. Yeah, I was like, how a do... game with a lot of reading. How do I include this in the thumbnail? These are books. <laughs> but... Yeah, um, continue. Nope. Just... <laughs> a Monstrous Regiment is a book about women dressing up as men um, to be in the army. Most of them are pretty uncomplicatedly women. Two of them I strongly feel are lesbians, but I can't explain why without you having read the book. The sergeant of the regiment that they're in has this really sweet moment at the end of the book where it's revealed that Sergeant Jackram has a child. And the war is over, so it makes sense for him to go back home and, like, be with his son. There's this really tender moment with the main character, where the main character is like, well, you don't have to go home and be a woman. You can go home and be a decorated war hero who is a man. It's really... I felt very emotional reading it. Oh, But it's never actually stated that, like, Jackram's... I is a man. It yeah. feels very much like Terry Pratchett is flailing around at the idea that maybe you can be, um, have boobs, but actually live as a man. Crazy. And, like, I really respect that, because, again, this book is from 2003. <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes subtext and tender dialogue is all we get. Would you recommend this book? Oh, I would highly recommend this book. I have recommended this book to, like, four different people already. Monstrous it Resume. Is called Monstrous Regiment. It is completely I... standalone. There are, like, a lot of Discworld books, which intimidates people. You don't need to know anything about Discworld, I promise. It's just a fun semi-fantasy book. What were you going to say, Judah? Oh, I was going to say, we need more trans characters, I feel like, in sci-fi and fantasy. Like, the lack of just, like, especially sci-fi and fantasy, you would think that this would be a genre that would be, like, dominated. Because you can have, like, you can shape your body. Yeah, like, you could, like, shape your body, like, even, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that, like, there's not a lot of, like, openly queer characters in sci-fi and fantasy. Um, because, like, it's literally sci-fi and fantasy. You can do whatever you want. And you mean to tell me there are no queer characters? There should be a planet of just trans people in every book. That's yeah. how I feel. Like, damn. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, my God. Not to bring up she who must not be named. But that's, like, why a lot of trans people, when Harry Potter was so popular, like, uh, trans people, like, gravitated towards that world because it's, like, the only world they knew of where they could shape who they are, 
which makes it even more ironic when she's like, no, don't do that. I hate that, actually. <laughs> I'm actually going to spend money to make sure that doesn't happen. So, yeah, like we mentioned last time, queer people who are nerds write books with queer and trans people in them, please. Please, Pretty we please. need somebody who's not. Hey, we'll <laughs> feature you on out. Send us an email if you have a new book that you think is good. We'll please. read it and we'll review it. Uh And then, also, Tiny Ghost Press, who unfortunately I did not finish the interview for, uh, for a multitude of reasons, um, they actually do have books um, that are coming out that do include, there's one book that has a non-binary character. Let me look up the name real quick. Yeah, so, Tiny Ghost Press is like an independent so horror yeah. YA uh, publisher that reached out to us. They're more like supernatural. Supernatural. Yeah, super, they they described me as supernatural. Although we did talk a lot about like horror elements and how we kind of all gravitated towards like horror or like things that had like supernatural paranormal elements in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Tiny Coast Press is an independent queer publisher, one of the very few of its kind. Um, they do post a lot of books. I think the one with a non-binary character is called My Name is Magic by Zan Van Ruyen. Forgive me if I'm messing that up. But yeah, they have, they post, they, they make, they basically make books that are by, what I'm assuming are by queer folks or queer folks. Um, but yeah, I want to read My Name is Magic um, I have not had the chance to read it. Um, I'm hoping it's a little bit better than the Alpha Sun. <laughs> but it's okay. Um, it's a it's a book that they recommended you to read and they didn't like it very much. Oh, I no. did not. But like hey, it. The, the publisher's just starting out. You're gonna get a few. Yeah, you're it's gonna okay. get yeah, you get you gotta let it gotta let it it'll play out. Yeah, it'll play out the way it does. Um sorry, I did not mean to detract. No, you're good. From... Um I just cause I, I wanna here, I think two things we need to hit, just like last time we wanted to hit Euphoria in The Last of Us, Hannibal and Good Omens. But before we get into that, because I feel like that's going to take up the whole time, I wanted to give just a couple brief, which is funny because I talk a lot, uh, <laughs> ones that I like um, so that this is like a positive thing before we get into the complicated uh, Hanagram territory. Oh, um, what good territory yeah. is. <laughs> Uh, show that I think is really good and like fuck it was cancelled uh, Generation with a plus instead of a T on HBO Max one of like the best representations of queer teenagers I've ever seen it's a very like sexual show not in, like euphoria but like <laughs> uh, sex is like you know there's nothing explicit or anything but like just like teenagers do like teenagers are sexual and I feel like it's a really realistic portrayal of how yeah. teenagers go about sex there's an asexual lesbian character who has a story arc about how she doesn't know why um, she's, like, not into another one of the, I think she's bisexual characters who's, like, really into her physically. And she's like, I, you know, like, I really, really like you. I can't do this. And then, like, she realizes that that she's asexual. We have... Sex Education has a similar storyline. Yeah. Where uh, there is an asexual character and she's kind of like questioning, why am I not into the people around yeah. me like that? And it would be hard, too, because in Generation, everybody is sexual. Like, that's yeah. the whole thing. And she's like, I don't. And she's very quiet and, and reserved and all this stuff. And she's like, I don't know how to deal with this. 
That character also has a transgender aunt who's like a big character in the show. She's like the supportive mom for everybody. And when uh, one of the characters is having a hard home life, she like lives with the transgender aunt in their home. Um, there's Chester, who is on the promotional image I, I did for this podcast, played by Justice Smith. Um, if you played the quarry, he was, I think his name was Ryan in um, the quarry video game. But he's like an unapologetic, uh, gender nonconforming, fashionista, gay person. Um, and like absolutely embodies like what being visibly and openly and loudly queer is. And I absolutely love him. He's also very vulnerable. There's a, a very complicated relationship he has with a, the school counselor because he's never had positive attention from a man. And the school counselor, like it's not an, in a, you know, doesn't turn into like an inappropriate relationship between a counselor and a student. It's like a student having to come to terms with like his underdeveloped brain doesn't understand why this is wrong. And the counselor has to like, tell him like i can't like i need to separate myself from you because this is not like it was nice seeing like a person an adult in a like a teen show that is responsible yeah. and doesn't like stray <laughs> the kids in the wrong direction so that's just a few examples all there's one if i have about that character there's no trans characters in the main cast there's a brother of one of the characters who shows up once um and a lot of there's an openly homophobic girl who has gay parents. And that's kind of the joke. She's like homophobic. And I'm like, we have her, but not a trans character. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you'd be kind of surprised. Yeah, uh, I know, for sure. Like, it, it's realistic, honestly, that but yeah, they're all I mean, in the I GSA have, together have... and she's in there too because she has gay dads, but she's oh. homophobic. Through local GSA. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, that's one critique I have. If it was to continue to a second season, which unfortunately it didn't. Um, I would want to see like a trans character because there was a lot of like, I'm gay, I like dick, I'm a lesbian, I like vagina stuff, and I'm like, oh, let's let's you know, even though they're high schoolers, we should <laughs> let's still mix not it up a little. mix it up, make it a little spicy. <laughs> and then another one I just wanted to mention briefly, sort of a very we realistic portrayal of. of like immigrant families and being uh, trans misogyny affected, being non-binary in an unaccepting family. Um, parent like parental growth and being supportive beautiful I show i love really it really like sort of a lot mostly because it is complicated it's a complicated show and i love complicated queer characters i was saying this the last episode but i think it's awesome that we're getting complicated queer characters yes, so good that don't necessarily follow like this assimilationist view that a lot of queer folks still feel like we need to like B. And the main character is actually trans. Yes. Like in oh, per, in yes. real life. So that's and I think I don't remember if they but their name is Bilal. I don't remember what the last name is, but um they're awesome, fantastic actor. Um and then <laughs> this is funny. When they came out as Benoit Blanc in Knives Out being gay <laughs> before the second movie came out, he like uh what's his name? Uh Daniel Craig was like obviously Benoit Blanc is gay. And I'm like, obviously? What are you talking about? No, and then in the second movie, watching Glass Onion, I'm like, yeah, obviously he's gay. Um, So the gay, the gay representation, if you want to call it, I it's not... I thought it was kind of it's cute fun, how yeah. they did it, though. Like, the way they revealed it in Knives oh, Out. Yeah, with... Like, I thought that was super cute. Like, and, like, they oh. have, uh, they have like, his boyfriend, Philip, open the door in, like, Glass Onion, and it's just, it's so funny. Um, and that movie's just very fun overall. It's a yeah, very it eat the very rich movie, movie, so you should you should definitely see it if you haven't already. Um, 
But yeah, that's that's my goods. And then I did want to mention, just so that it doesn't get lost, I'm going to be meeting Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard, who were the original Billy and Stu in Scream from 1996. Oh, my God. I would like to meet Matthew Lillard. This is at the... Okay, if you want to meet... Those two, bunch of actors from The Walking Dead, House of a Thousand Corpses, a bunch of the leather faces. We're not sponsored. We're not sponsored, but go to CreepyCon. Um, it's in the Inland Empire. Not oh, this wait, weekend, but real? next weekend. Yeah, it's 30 bucks. No, it's a bit. IE. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit far away from where we are at UCLA. But if you live in the Inland Empire, it's it's at the Ontario Convention Center. Um, and I have to say, a lot of gay people go to horror conventions. And if they're not gay, they're alternative. So it's it's the next best thing. <laughs> um, but I have to say, Billy and Stu, and they make jokes about it because Kevin Williamson, who wrote Scream, he wrote all of them except for four, I think, mm-hmm. um, is gay. So like they make jokes about like Billy and Stu being homo repressed in the second movie. And I'm like, those men are gay. I have a sticker on my <laughs> laptop. I have a sticker on my laptop that has the two of them in their iconic scene with like over each other's shoulders. Um and I'm like, it says bromance on it, but we all know, and that was made by like a gay, uh, uh, small town weirdo. He's a gay, uh, horror artist. So that's what I wanted to mention. But shall we talk about Hannibal or Good Omens? We can start with Good Omens if you want, because I, I know Omens you too. I think is a very light, light one to start with. And I really do like Good Omens. Oh, I really like Good Omens. Um... But this was the conversation we wanted to have surrounding, like, queer baiting versus queer subtext. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of people who are on the camp that, you know, Good Omens was queer baiting, which is not necessarily true, um, because I think, and I'm thinking, of course, on Yo Gaming right now, we were talking about how their relationship is a little bit more, it's not based around sex, um, which is, nice (laughs) you know because i i while sex is not necessarily a bad thing that's the only thing a lot of us only thing a lot of people really see in regards to like queer media um so it's actually like honestly kind of refreshing to have characters that aren't like all over each other (laughs) or making like the whole living room uncomfortable um like wow those two angels are like fucking in the living room right now this yeah. is really awkward like, uh, <laughs> um but yeah no their their relationship is very like is very chill very like calm down um but yeah definitely not queer baiting at all i also think people lost the plot the definition of queer baiting like quite literally um because everything is queer baiting now <laughs> even when like- it's not like I feel like at some point queer baiting had its meaning distilled to relate to like people's personal feelings. Yes. I feel like at some point people went, Well, I really ship Aziraphale and Crowley, but they didn't um kiss on screen. Their dicks were so... not out on screen, so I don't think they're gay. Their dicks that they definitely have. Yeah, the the genderless <laughs> angels. <laughs> I heard you mentioned like a difference between the book and the show too, right? Yeah. Julie? So in the book, I think they fixed it a lot with the Amazon adaptation. Um, so in the book, there is Xerophel being gay is kind of played as a joke. Like there are like there's a little girl who calls literally calls him like the F slur. <laughs> Fucking five year old girl. She's like, hmm, I know what you are. <laughs> yeah, like the homophobic dog. 
Oh my god. Okay. Okay. You better not be listening to this. I went to go speak to our operations manager today. And he has his little dog that's always in the office. And he you know, they're always like, pet the dog. He's friendly. Go to pet this fucking dog. And he starts barking at me and like nipping at my hands. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't know the dog was a homophobe. So I left because the only other uh, interaction he's had with a member of Outright is Jackson. And he hates Jackson too. So coincidence? I think not. Wait, but is it? Is it? it... Oh, okay. I I don't know, but I guess the dog is not. Oh, fair. Fair. <laughs> the dog is not gay and homophobic. The dog is not gay and is super not gay, meaning he hates gay people <laughs> and can sense when we're around. Maybe that's why everyone in the Taylor Bruin office gives us dirty looks. They're like, that dog hates these people. And I don't know why. But uh, yeah, Anyways, like the fucking dog. Back to Good Omen. LOL. Back to good omen. <laughs> um, I don't know if in the book they make it the relationship between Aziraphale and Carly as obvious as they do in the adaptation. I think it's a little bit harder because the book moves really fast. Um, the adaptation kind of takes a little bit longer to like they have like a whole cold open that's basically I think in episode three just basically detailing their relationship from the beginning of like creation like Adam and Eve to like the present. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see like their relationship kind of mature over time. Um, and it's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't know, fellas, is it gay if you ask your angel uh, best friend to run away with you to avoid the end of the world? Uh, LOL. <laughs> like, no, it's not, actually. I think you're, I'm, you're wrong. Mm-mm. No, it's not. it's not gay. Nope. Not to ask. Never a gay man has never yearned. <laughs> he is only fucked. That is the only thing a gay man can do. Slash S for anyone wondering. <laughs> slash slash S- J, slash not slash J. SRS. Um, that actually that reminds because you mentioned the end of the world. That reminds me of the Umbrella Academy, and uh, Klaus in the Umbrella Academy. I like his gay representation. He makes me happy. Didn't I like Klaus. they? When Elliot Page came out, they also changed one of the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just, yeah, like, yeah. He's trans, and then he like comes out in the show, and the family's like, "Oh, cool." And it's like, and like, there's a point where you know one of the one of the because there's like fucking eight family members or whatever. So one of them is like, "Who the hell is Victor?" And he's like, "Oh, ah, like he's he's a guy now." And he's like, "Oh, okay, I just didn't know." Like he misgenders him because he doesn't know, and then it's like a very realistic correcting situation, and they never. It's never like a thing again. He has like a heartfelt conversation about it with uh with the sister character. Um and then it's like, yep. And that's so nice. And Klaus and his tragic um relationship with a guy he when he went back in time and fell in love with a man from Vietnam the Vietnam War, and then he died, and that's so fucking sad. So sad. Um, Umbrella Academy is very good. It kind of it gets iffy. The last couple seasons, the final season's coming out. Okay. I don't know when, but they're doing a Wait, final the third season. Season came out. Yeah. When? Right? Is it two seasons or three? I don't know. I have not. The last, whatever the really latest season is out, but the final one isn't. But okay. that's that's good. Did you watch the one with Victor coming out? No. Okay. Well, then that's it. Okay. So it's season three. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's good. Shout out to Elliot Page. Um. Negative shout out to everyone who said Elliot Page should should play Ellie in the Last of Us show. I'm like, that is a 40 year old man. 
no, we're not doing this. Also, he like almost sued Naughty Dog because Ellie looked so much like him back back in the day. But um, yeah. Uh, so last on our list in our last ten-ish minutes, Hannibal. That one's controversial. Controversial, and controversial I learned sure. some information from Lorelli, who is another one of our writers today, mm-hmm. um, of apparently some like things that the creator of the show said that he said like the main characters are gay when they when they're only when they're drunk um and um like the queer female characters uh i think they were referencing alana who was like another psychiatrist who works with the fbi in the show that in the book she was like a very um like butch styled um like character like a very strong woman and then they like made her being in in like a femme for femme relationship like kind of sanitized her 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 queerness um i don't know much about the backstory i do know that uh are you gonna watch the show judah uh probably not okay well spoiler alert for a show that's been out for 10 years and has been all over tumblr for those 10 (laughs) years these two men die in each other's arms falling off a cliff after like murdering the final villain of the show together in a last act of perseverance and bond between them. So like it feels like another queer subtext slash queer bait. I don't think Hannibal is queer baiting because like uh, I don't hard. know. It's because hard. like he has sex, like both of them have sex with women in the show. They both have sex with the same woman in the show, not at the same time, but uh, it's like a whole, it's a, there's actually an orgy in the show. No, um, but like Will um, like has a relationship with Alana, who I mentioned, and then Hannibal has a, a has a relationship with Alana and Alana starts to turn against Will because uh, Hannibal, if you didn't know, is a manipulative cannibal. Um, you, can, you can tell because his name rhymes. Yeah, dude, whoever wrote those books. There's no way that wasn't supposed to be a joke, right? They're like Hannibal the Cannibal. Uh, uh, um, but okay, but I, yeah. you, okay, you just reminded me. So there's another show that I like. I think it's a really good comparison to Hannibal mm-hmm. that actually does what Hannibal was really scared to do: Killing Eve. Ooh, Killing yeah. Eve. My parents uh, watched that. <laughs> it, I watched it. It's really good. Sandra O oh does such a good job. Um. Yeah, Sandra but it's essentially the same. Literally. It's the same concept. You have this Sandra O oh plays like an investigator for the MI6, I believe, which is a British intelligence program. Um, and she's trying to figure out the murder because of the string of murders that happened. The murder. And she's trying to figure out these murders and the actual assassin. Then it it's. You figure out that it's actually an assassin named Villanelle who is, like, hired to kill all these people. She's not a cannibal, but... <laughs> she is a mass murderer a she, little bit. Is, Don't start with villain, an and you'll never guess. <laughs> oh, my God. These um, people are on a roll. But, yeah, they they actually go the whole... They commit. They commit to Villanelle... Sorry, spoilers. Um, They commit to Villanelle's and uh, I can't remember Sandra Sandra O's character. Eve. Eve. Oh, right, it's called Killing Eve. Yeah. Duh. Hello. Eve. Um, they commit to Villanelle's and Eve's relationship. They That's actually so good. like straight up just commit to it. 
Um, and that show did not get canceled. It ended naturally. Yes. But I heard that the ending was bad. Oh, yeah. It's like, I heard bury your gaze. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the ending. I've not watched the new season. If there is a new season. I think the last season I watched. The la- I think the last season already happened. Yeah. I yeah, it's I finished yeah. for a yeah. while. I didn't watch the last season. I think I stopped at season... I think there's four seasons? Yeah, I think I saw the season three. Hey, you know what? It's good up until the potentially bad ending that none of yeah. us know about. So I don't know what the ending you is. You can so watch I the can't. first three seasons. I, I, my whole thing is at least they committed. It yeah. wasn't like a Hannibal situation where they kind of were Where they like, like stare into their yeah. eyes for long periods of time. And okay, one thing about Hannibal, which uh, my roommate will attest because he was laughing his ass off every time I said this is like nobody speaks like a normal person in Hannibal oh, but I love this it. is not a this is not like a, a queer critique I have <laughs> never this is just an obnoxious I have critique. never <laughs> seen people speak like this in real life they speak in poetry he's like in therapy and they're talking in metaphors so good I, though. oh my god it pissed uh, it like it I gets love under it my so skin much. I'm like you know what you could do to avoid this situation not using a metaphor you could just instead of talking about how you're knee deep in a lake fishing somewhere as a metaphor you could talk about your problems will but uh if if someone talks directly about their problems in a show i'm watching i will go this is boring and leave (laughs) we are two the two different types of people people who hate it i'm kind of in the middle of this it depends on the show yeah for me like the language should be simple if it's a show that is simple midnight mass can't stand it I have not watched Midnight Mass. Oh, I have not it's even the same heard thing. of Midnight and Mass. And I keep, I keep mistaking Midnight Mass for Midnight Gospel, mm-hmm. which are like two different shows. There's also Midnight Club. Oh, also Midnight Club. Who's so by why, Mike why Flanagan. There, yeah. Why are there so many Midnight shows? I'm writing an article about those shows for uh, my internship, and Ooh. I'm like, I, I told the, I was pitching today, and I was like, okay, I'm going to try my best not to do my opinions because Midnight Mass was so fucking boring because <laughs> I hate emotional monologues. That are like really, really long, like genuinely like four minute monologues of just people talking. And I'm like, great, where's the vampire guy? That's who I'm interested in. Um, but speaking of MI6, um, I watched No Time to Die, which first of all, if you like action movies, that it's the latest James Bond that came out a couple years ago. Very good movie. Uh, very sad in the end, but uh, as, as, as to die. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but Daniel Craig's, uh, what's it called? James Bond is is very, very good. And his last few movies have all ended tragically. So, um, cool. but in that movie, uh, Q, who's like the nerd character uh-huh. um, who makes all the gadgets and stuff, uh, is revealed as gay uh, in one line where he says, uh, "I'm ha- someone's coming over and he's not going to be happy that you're here. And uh, the actor, who I think is gay himself, uh, spoke up about how he's like, I wanted them to do more than just say the he pronoun to say that I'm a gay yeah. character. And I honestly love when char- when like actors speak up about how it's like not their fault. Like they're like, yeah. I advocated for this to be better. And I all I got was a this. a lot of people place the blame on actors and mm-hmm. not on the showrunners themselves, like for being this way, like controversial opinion because i'm gonna talk about velma right now and i know people were pissed about it oh, no. mindy kaling was getting so much heat but mindy kaling like she was not the one who wrote the show i think she like she's only like, on a producer credit but she did not so the person who wrote the show was some guy who's like a nepotism baby I can't <laughs> fucking classic of course but i'm like y'all are not giving this heat to this white man who wrote the show <laughs> 
Yeah. You're like giving so much heat to Mindy Kaling. Like, not to defend Mindy Kaling, because she also signed off on that show, but I'm like... Let's, let's, let's share, let's the, share blame. the blame yeah, a little bit. Yeah, let's share the blame a little bit. Um, Let's, like, talk about, you know, the actual writer yeah. <laughs> of the show. Um, And also, because a lot of people were also smearing, like, the animators, too. The animators are just there to animate. They, they will can't. get fired if they speak yeah. up. They are they are low employees. It's like it's a really difficult like situation to be in when you're yeah. like when you have to like speak up about, you know, your queerness and defending it or even like where being being blamed for mm-hmm. queerphobia when it wasn't like necessarily like your fault. Yeah. Yeah. And to end how we started, uh similar example in AMC's The Walking Dead, oh, no. where uh, the another character who I will, uh, Tom Payne, who plays Jesus, uh, who is also going to be at CreepyCon convention, not sponsored. Um, he left the show because one, he felt his character wasn't being utilized. Like there's comic books and um, that, that the show is based on. And he's like, why didn't you just fucking read the comic books and make that into the show? You made me a useless character. Um, but also he's he's queer, explicitly queer in the uh comic books he actually has a relationship with one of the the bigger gay characters aaron which that doesn't happen in the show um but we learn that jesus is gay oh no a conservative's gonna blip that and say we learn that jesus is gay um in like an episode he's like talking to maggie who's one of the big characters and he says you know i used to live this life of you know having a job and a boyfriend and then he like knowingly looks at her for a second and then like that's it that's his gay representation and he spoke up and was like this fucking guy who wrote this episode couldn't give me more than just saying that i have had a boyfriend in the past (laughs) and he's like he's like i um in a show that has explicit queer representation why couldn't you like like apparently a lot of fans missed it like he then talked about being queer on the show um the character being queer and they're like what what are you talking about because they just like missed it it was just like a tiny little detail um but yeah actors speaking up is good what were you gonna say judah oh i was gonna say i think a lot of people are still uncomfortable with queerness on the screen yeah like regardless of how far we've come i still think we need to like go farther i guess yeah i feel like um there are sort of a, a lot of limits on the types of people who are allowed to be queer on yes. screen Yes. And the types of things they're allowed to do, which I don't love. Yeah. But we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm so excited to see Ellie be a lesbian in The Last of Us TV show. So fucking psyched. Um, but we're at our time, so... Uh, is anything else you two want to mention, or should I get into my little ending blurb? Uh, I did actually nope. want to talk a little bit about Hades, because Hades 2 is coming out, which I'm very excited for. Ooh, sure. And I really enjoy how the game handles um, bisexuality and polyamory. It's handled, I feel, in a very natural way for a game that didn't have to let you date both of the romance <laughs> options at once. <laughs> Oh, you can do both of them. Yeah, yeah you have, like, two romance options. You can date both of them at the same time. You have like a conversation about how you want to have your polyamorous relationship. Spoiler for this game, kind of. I'm not telling you who they are, I guess. But I thought it was handled really well. It made me feel very cozy, which is not something I expected from a game when I don't play games that often. That's good. Play Hades. Play Hades. And play the second one. Hopefully there's more gay people in it. Hopefully there's more gay people in it. But and yeah. like some of the same gay people. That's it. <laughs> Don't kill the main gay people. Yeah. All right. 
but yeah um you can follow outright on instagram twitter tiktok and facebook at outright news mag and check out our articles on outrightnewsmag.org that's right spelled w-r-i-t-e uh, i have been christopher i've been Huda. and i have been jake you and we'll see you next thursday for the next episode of speak out thank you all so much